Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Remember leaving the house and going to stuff? Well, it's back because Great Big Owl is bringing some of our favorite shows to the London Podcast Festival starting September the 2nd, and we'd love to see you there. So if you're a fan of... Two Mr. P's in a podcast. Brian and Roger. My mate bought a toaster. Friends with friends. The The One Show Show. Richard and Greta. From Queer to Eternity. Wrestle Me. Or just daytime drinking. Then go to the King's Place website and grab some tickets now. And by some tickets, we ideally mean eight tickets. That's one for each show. Actually, bring a friend and make that 16 tickets. Great Big Owl the only podcast network with the audacity to ask you to buy 16 tickets in one go. But we'll be thrilled if you just buy one. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. I'm John Holmes, it's the The One Show show, the podcast that marches up and down outside TV's The One Show, holding placards that say, The One Show is a microchip delivery tool, and stop forcing The One Show on us, and my eyes, my choice, say no to the green sofas. (laughs) It's part two, it's part two now of this week's edition. As ever, if you'd like to go back and listen to part one first, in order for any of this to make sense, then now would be the time. Part two of ep one of the brand new series, and joining me to go through this week's One Show like an oppressive regime, through a Middle Eastern country and Mark Haynes and Paul Litchfield. I've got this extra added frisson when I watch things like The One Show um, and it's because my partner um, is from Slovakia Mm. and she's been living here for 30 years but when I first moved in with her about 15 years ago she always had subtitles on which is absolutely fine for pretty much 90% of all TV programming. But anything that goes out live, like the one show, <laughs> or, or television news, you occasionally get, and blink and you'll miss them, you occasionally get live subtitling slip-ups. Great. Yeah. And it's the funniest thing in the world. There were two live subtitle slip-ups on these two episodes. So, you again, if, you, if you're not paying attention, they'll just fly past, because the person's furiously typing in as quick as they can what they're saying live. So, at one point, we had this. 116-year-olds can be vaccinated without prairie consent. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> and my favourite during the piece with, with Ollie and Nadine is Poppy. I think she was one of the experts, but it just says, Poppy has got a big eight to shag. 
Well, the, the word shag, of course, cropped up in the uh, in the bird film as well, didn't yes. it? And I was very disappointed that they let that go. So what? Yeah, no shag. They, they had. No they were boobies, talking to somebody. No tits. Th- yeah, they were talking to somebody on the cliff edge, and who was a bird expert, and they said, um, you know, what sort of birds can we see around these cliffs? Uh, lots of drone shots, by the way. Someone's got a Mavic Pro too. You know, she said, yeah, we've got gannets. They wet their nests. We've got albatrosses. We've got uh, we've got this, that, and the other, and um, we've got puffins. Uh, we've got shags. And then Nadim or Ollie said, what I'm really hoping to see, and I was thinking, say shag, say shag, go on. It's a hotel and he just bar. said, he just said puffin. So here at Bempton, we've got what we call our big eight. So we've got puffins, gannets, guillemots, razorbills, kittywakes, herring gulls, shag and fulmer. What I'm really hoping to see is a puffin. Disappointing. Yeah. There's a bit where she goes, that see that albatross? It's 7,000 miles from where it should be. This albatross should be over 7,000 miles away in the South Atlantic. So this one is a little bit off course. And what she should have immediately done then is shot it and gone, <laughs> actually, we can't have that species here. It'll fuck up the local wildlife. The last shot is Ollie and Nadine sat forlornly with a 99 with a dead bird. <laughs> I, I did like the young RSPB person who was also trying to make birdwatching cool where they were talking about they said you know i'd really love to see a puffling and she said oh she said it'd be hard to do i mean but it would be incredibly epic you don't actually get to see the pufflings that much mm. so if you can catch the sight of one that would be incredibly epic, <laughs> epic. <laughs> the the attempt to in the simpsons the bloody that dog they bring in uh when they're trying to make itchy and scratchy cool again it's smacked of a desperate attempt by the bird watching commission or whoever they are, <laughs> big, big bird watch, um, to try and get young people involved in bird watching by continually referring to birds as Wicked. epic or rad or, yeah. and, and treating it like Pokemon in that thing of going, you've got to collect them all. You go out there and you might, you might get one. It would be an epic spot. Birds How, are Have sick. you seen a herring go blood? They are sick. <laughs> um, okay. yeah. There was an odd shot where they were walking along the cliff when they saw a, a group of bird people gathering on a, on a wooden platform built on the edge of the cliff that was there to watch birds. And there were a dozen people on there. And they said, look at them. Look, they, they, must, they must be the albatross. It must be. Let's get over there. And there was a shot of them walking towards this quite a large number of people mm. who were looking for this albatross through binoculars and stuff. And then the next shot was the two the two lads on that platform completely on their Alone. own. So what yeah. happened was they'd obviously walked <laughs> up there and gone, look, you lot, you lot, fuck off, we're doing some filming. Fuck yeah. off. Or, See that, yeah. or they pushed them all into the sea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something's happened here. <laughs> Can we talk about how cool Ryan Reynolds is, by the way? He's oh, pretty great. cool, isn't he? What a guest. I mean, mm. just the best guest. I'm saying they didn't talk to him for very long. <laughs> yes. No. All the time Instead, went to Michael Parkinson. Ice cream and pufflings. Yeah. But Ryan Reynolds, you know, he's done a lot of the PR rounds recently because he's got this new film out and stuff. But you just you just think, oh, I'm in safe interview hands here because he's engaging, yeah. he's funny, he, mm. he plays the game, he knows what's going on. It's lovely to see the shops up and running, isn't it? Isn't it? We're an Avogato fan, aren't we? Uh, uh, yeah, we are. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. The middle-aged, like, screen yeah. <laughs> I know. Sorry, Ryan. No, Bad content. D- don't bother coming back to me. Let's just stay I mean, on the ice cream yeah. and ride this out. Yeah. <laughs> At the moment, he's been reading CBeebies Bedtime Stories as well. I don't know whether you've, uh, you've seen any yes. of those. But, I mean, my children are too old for them, but I've been watching them for me. <laughs> but he's just a nice bloke. There was a great bit at the end, though, when he logged off. They, right at the end of the show, and it was like, clearly, OK, we finished. Thank you, Ryan. And then a name came up on the screen, which was, of course, his Zoom, and it said uh, Jamie Candell. 
So we just got an insight into his publicist's name, presumably. But it was a nice <laughs> moment where they left that on the screen. Jamie Candell, everybody. It might be his porn name. You never know. <laughs> during, during that bit, they do this thing about, no, you and um, we've got Hugh Jackman on tomorrow, and I believe you two have <laughs> oh, got a little bit of a comedy yeah. Twitter spot. Ring-a-ding-ding. And they're like, yeah, we do, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, our viewers will be very surprised to hear that you're very good friends because on social media, oh, you're at each other's throats, Ryan. What is going on? Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's been a thing for... <laughs> Before social media, even, you know, uh, 10, 15 years now. You know, I mean, it doesn't go into dangerous territory. But I looked at the last thing that um, Ryan Reynolds actually said to Hugh, and he actually accused him of being a Holocaust denier. So I think it's gone too far. (laughs) (laughs) Too far. (laughs) Just gentle, just gentle prodding. He was on, of course, the next day. and, And I can, Hugh Jackman, again, one of those really nice Hollywood stars who seems genuine. You know, he's another good guest. There was an issue with his nose. Which is interesting. And I don't think a lot of Hollywood stars would agree to appear on screen on national television with a a great big plaster on their nose. And within the first 40 seconds of the show starting, he reveals it's some type of cancer. That's how they begin that show. Let's start off big with cancer. It's so lovely to have you with us for the last show. Now, let's do the elephant in the room first. We saw this in rehearsal, the plaster. Let's just give a quick nod to that. Hi to everyone. By the way, thanks for the vote for the movie. That, that, that thrills me. But uh, I had a biopsy on my nose uh, about three days ago. I find out in the next day or two. Um, it's If it is anything, which it may not be, it's a basal cell carcinoma. So that's uh, the least sort of dangerous form of cancer. But anyway. It was a strange intro to it by Alex, where she goes, Oh, OK, let's all do it. Let's address the elephant in the room. What's going on with that plaster? And he's like, I'm having a biopsy on my nose for skin cancer. Yeah, it's quite... It's quite and, also, <laughs> and also he says it's like the fourth or fifth one I've had to deal with. Yeah, and she, yeah. she's like, do you know what? I've committed to this being upbeat, yeah. so I'm going to keep it upbeat. And yeah. they kept it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, have you given your they cancer did. a name? No, I haven't given it a name. <laughs> What's your favourite cancer? What? Yeah. Is it bowel? Yeah. I'm thinking bowel. No, it's not bowel. Oh. Quite, I found it quite refreshing that there isn't the sense of going... So few people will have noticed at home that you've got on your nose something which is yes. symptomatic. Got, of... You seem to have a Dora the Explorer plaster on your nose. Yeah. But, you want to talk about it? But <laughs> where you are exploring could be a hospital. Is that not good? Uh, uh, what, what's nice about it? I thought what was nice about it was she did just blunder into it and then she, it, it normalises it. And I actually thought, refreshing way to deal with stuff like that. To go, oh, well, we hope you are yeah. all right. You have to get back and tell us. Anyway, tell us about your shitty new film. You yeah, know, I, thought, I thought it was a nice, refreshing thing. I agree with you, but I mean, she could have, she could have gone further. She could have sung a chorus from the Greatest Noseman or something. Just changed it a bit. <laughs> yeah, anything. Yeah, anything. Um, and what I like is, is again, not listening. Hugh's just finished going. Well, I'm here to promote film, so he does all that. And she goes, "Well, everyone's favourite lockdown film, of course, was The Greatest Showman." The film voted the ultimate lockdown movie by one show viewers. Good it's choice. The Greatest Showman himself, Hugh Jackman. No, it wasn't everyone's <laughs> favourite what? lockdown. Gave- My favourite lockdown film was Debbie Does Crossrail. It's fantastic. <laughs> but it gave me, in fact, he talked about his film, it gave me my favourite moment of Gethin asking a question. Considering Gethin's questions are all, oh, so was that fun? Yeah. Or, oh, did yeah. you like that? Do you have pockets? Yeah. Yes, I've got pockets. His, his question that came out of nowhere was, tell us about the reminiscence machine. <laughs> tell us about the reminiscence machine. 
<laughs> I would have loved it if you, Chapman, had gone. I, re- I don't know what you're talking about. What? I did. I didn't build it, Gethin. I didn't build it. <laughs> no, it's a is it like the Hadron Collider? No, it's. Oh, God. What is it like? But now all I want to do is I want to see him ask that question as a standby in every interview. <laughs> Just continue. Tell us about the reminiscence machine. <laughs> Well, if you keep doing that, then I'll keep on um, answering everyone out of context, um, which would be fantastic. So I'm going to keep doing that. But also, Hugh freezes twice, doesn't he? Yes, oh, he does. Many times. Why, yeah. why don't they just make the entire one show Zoom calls? Just, just two laptops on seats. They're on Zoom. The cameraman's operating from MySpace 40 years ago. Everything's just Zoom. That'd be brilliant. Yeah. The, the sad thing was, of course, is Hugh Jackman was in the middle of sort of two big stories. And they had to sort of go, no, we didn't hear any of that. So if if you had to choose one moment then in your life, in your real life, Hugh Jackman, uh, which would it be? One moment. That's so hard. One moment. This, um, obviously. Would that be at the top of the list? <laughs> he's frozen. And that's put him off completely, because <laughs> now he's frozen. He's thought, that's enough of that. I tell you what, he's gone back in time <laughs> oh, to really think about it. There he is. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Doing it the second time round is is just you do sort of feel like such a bell end. Is there a role that you know that you really fancy? Something that you could do maybe in the next ten, twenty years that you think that would be you know something I want to do before I end my career. Again, every time I ask you a question, <laughs> he goes deep into thought and freezes. He oh, goes no, back in time to think about it, doesn't he? Did I freeze? Oh. I was giving you my best. What I said was Bond. Uh, there you go. That is not true. The story continues. No, 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 that's not true. Gethin had another shit question, of course, when he uh, he asked whether... Because I think that one of his co-stars in this reminiscence engine... <laughs> Have you ever seen a kite? <laughs> he's, he's, um, he, he was in The Greatest Showman or something. So he said, he said was it, um, is it different to work with your, your Greatest Showman co-star in a different kind of film? Oh, and Jackman's... There was a, just a shadow across Jackman's face that wasn't cancer, but was in fact the look... Of someone who knows he's just been asked a really shit question, but he's gonna go. He's gonna. He's a professional, so he's gonna kind. do his best to answer it, but swerve around it. And he did a cracking job. They, I thought. They, um, you work with two amazing female co-stars, um, Tandiwe oh. Newton and Rebecca Ferguson. I'm a massive fan of Mission Impossible films. She's a brilliant actress. You know from The Greatest Showman. Different yep. to work with someone in 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 such a different type of film. Um. Yes, in some ways, but like actors are too kind. You know, with that sort of, he's he. Uh, you know, what's it like working with another actor in a different mm. film? Who you, you know, I know. What, the worst thing he did in the entire thing, though, is when Hugh, Hugh Jackman was still being chatty and friendly, and they were like, "So, um, so you've got to go." And he was like, "Yeah, but I just want to, you know, what a wonderful time we've had." And it does remind me, you know, you do these things. Gethin says uh, he's still going. Uh, <laughs> reminiscence would be in cinemas from the 18th of August. Lovely to chat Thank to you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Nice to chat you too. Sorry about the tech. Problem. <laughs> it happens. It's 2021. No, no, ironically, I think I'm just down the road from you, so it's... I could probably have just shouted this interview. Sorry. <laughs> he's still going. Thank you, Hugh. All right. Still going. Yeah. He's still alive. Yeah, he's providing entertainment guests. Look, he's still alive. Hugh still alive. It's just amazing. I, it, it'll be questions like, you know, when you were in The Greatest Showman, you wore top hat and tails. When you're in the next film, if you wore the same costume, are you still in the previous film? <laughs> no. I don't know what you're talking about. And then they try and Crowbar this memory thing in, and they put Hugh right on the spot and go, right, what's your favourite memory? Yeah. So Hugh wants to go, well, obviously, yeah. you know, birth of my 
kids, marrying my wife, and then he settles for actually it was a honeymoon, trying to yeah. make a little. I noticed though, of, Paul. I yeah, noticed oh, my what he did not choose co-hosting the XFM Breakfast Show with John Holmes oh. in 2015. He didn't say that, oh, did he not? So I've gone off him. I, now. I, I, I think when they said, "What's your favourite memory?" He goes, "Well, it's certainly not the XFM Breakfast Show." He said, and then he <laughs> went into the rest of it. Um, That's <laughs> like poison to me. Yeah. And, carried on. and what was funny? He was I, like, I mean, I just wanted him to just say something really like, oh, "Well, actually, it was my honeymoon." I had a dodgy taco and um, I'd sit on the carsy all night. <laughs> I was making noises, actually sounded like Pikachu had an enemy with a toffee hammer. But anyway, what's your next question? <laughs> I like the fact that he was like, oh, you know, I was going to say my wedding, but not my wedding. You know, that, that wasn't a, you know, that was just a wedding sort of thing. Probably my honeymoon. And he did a yeah. bit of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Wink, they gave wink. him nothing back. I was going to say my wedding, but actually, no, I'm fine with skipping that. The honeymoon. Let's go back to the honeymoon. Nice. You said uh, your wedding. Yeah, actually. I you did. Yeah. 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 Sex doesn't no, exist in the one show universe. No. You know, Gethin's immediately going, "What? Did you do fucking?" <laughs> no, that's <we can't> <laughs> that. Alex, uh, don't worry, Alex, because you can save the day. Well, we will need it. <laughs> oh Christ! Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices. Down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, my name is Pete Ellison. This is Dave Cribb. Hello, and we do a podcast called Friends with Friends, as you might have guessed from the music that's playing underneath, uh, which is a sort of lo-fi rendition of the Friends theme tune for rights reasons. We get a different guest on every week on our podcast to talk about their favourite episode of Friends. And we look through it in excruciating detail. We pick through levels of plot like no one has ever done before. So if you like Friends or just listening to people talking, which are both valid activities, do look us up on the old podcast app than that friends with friends and we're on twitter at friends wf my heart sank at the beginning of this program i think because it was it started off going well we've got um saran jones is on uh, no. star of dr foster you know i think well okay good actress fair enough that might be interesting richard e grant talking about travel series he's doing that's all right and then they then it went so one the year. Went, absolutely pete one show yeah the winner of the shed of the year Amazing. In another One Show exclusive, we'll be revealing the winner of the Shed of the Year. Al, 
They are amazing. Honestly, you will not believe the standard. Gorgeous. Oh. Incredible talent. <laughs> the problem is, they weren't amazing. No. That's, no, that's yeah. what not was odd about the Shed of the Year, because in the setup to the Shed of the Year, they showed some shots of what looked like amazing sheds in all sorts of incredible locations via drone shots. Mm. Really elaborate, ornate, interesting, mm. architect design, possibly some of them, sheds and outbuildings that people had. But the yeah. three winners... We're just shit sheds. They were sheds. They well, the woman sheds. who wins it is amazing because she goes, well, um, I had a very bad lockdown. My um, ex left me and um, I had no money and no hope. So I went to see my mum and dad and they had an abandoned shed. Yeah, an so, abandoned so I, shed. So, so I did it up. And what I did is I filled it with all my ex's stuff and fucking torched it. Like, <laughs> it's just what? It's just a horrible, nasty sort of like um, prequel story to her. The reason why she made a shed was, was just abject despair. Lockdown had just hit and I'd just gone through a horrible break. Up. My work had shut down, um, I had nothing going on, so I moved back in with my parents. They had this old brown shed, so I convinced my mum to let me do something with the shed in the garden. The first one, though, the first one introduced, the, the winner in the Nature's Haven category mm. was somebody <laughs> from Shropshire, and, and it was, a, it was a, they said it was a bird hide. So there was this, yeah. this couple, and they built this thing. First of all, they started with a bird table, they said. Then they put a bench there. Then they decided to build this bright blue shed that they said was a bird. What are they fucking watching? Parrots or something? <laughs> what are the... Rosie's shed is inspired by her love of bird watching. The purpose of the windows was to give as much light and as much vision of the bird table as we possibly could. It wasn't... <laughs> stood out. The, the, the woman who was who was the one who broke up with the partner, who was the sort of grand prize winner, she had painted a shed in a pastel colour, and inside she'd put some glasses she'd got from a charity shop and loads of bottles of booze. Yeah, and there was also fuck Jeff written in blood on the corner. <laughs> they said, Jesus. What, did, what did she use it for? They said, she uses it to write, relax with her dog cola and drink. That was the thing she does. <laughs> she drinks heavily. Oh, my God. In the, in the opening, they were like, sheds are more popular than ever. And for this year's Shed of the Year, competition has never been tougher. From hundreds of entries, there were seven category winners and one overall champion. Competition has never been tougher. Generic lines, but absolutely not. What a lie. The competition <laughs> cannot have been tough. Barefaced the, win the winner is, I painted a shed and now I drink in it. <laughs> yeah, that's the best one. And the, the best budget shed was a man who'd made a shed out of old school floors and his son's <laughs> drinks cabinet. The main frame of the door is uh, part of an old unit out of my son's house. And this is uh, maple wood from a school gym floor. You can see part of the old courts that were marked out there. I've made a shed out of uh, who I believe might have been Jack the Ripper. What? No, 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 don't show that. Don't show that. Come in through the ribcage. Oh, Christ. The, the Take Jones off. interview as well, as they went into that, she had a That was about doom. nothing as well. It that was... whole interview is about nothing. So keeps saying, Can you tell us about it? She's like, no. no. Oh, well, when you did that thing, no. Your character, DCI Amy Silver, goes to investigate. I mean, if you tell us any more, is somebody going to pull the plug out and your Zoom disappears? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I better not and actually do you know what I don't remember much because it was filmed um, after the first lockdown so, uh, so I, I, it was such a blur that it's a good job it's secret because I can't remember it anyway okay well they, they did a, a bit right at the start where her zoom had slightly sort of fritzed yeah. so it was clear she'd said something that was fun 
and you couldn't hear what it was. Yeah, it's her at the end going, and I'll never say that again on live TV. (laughs) (laughs) The two of them, rather than going, sorry, Saran, we didn't catch you there, but how are you? They just Ignore both, it. They both went. <laughs> <laughs> right then, Saran Jones is with us now. Evening, Saran. Good to see you. And no, you... <laughs> so, so there is no way either of them could have deciphered what she said, and it was they a both, proper sort of on telly, just going. They both briefly become matter. Tommy Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was exactly. It was exactly. They just did and just glossed over it. They're like, "Did you do all your stunts?" And she's like, "No." Oh, right. Um, Did the stunt lady do some? Yes. Did you do some of them? Yes. (laughs) Well, what's happening in the show? I can't tell you. All right. Well, what's going to... You're going to be a Dr. Foster next. Um, Can you tell us about that? No. No. (laughs) Okay, bye then. (laughs) And that's it. And there was a lovely live um, subtitle um, fuck-up during that bit as well, where um, all that appeared on my screen when Saran was basically saying, look, I can't tell you about this show. But all all that came up was, I don't know what knows and happens to know. (laughs) (laughs) Was this about Hugh Jackman's nose again? Yeah. Yeah. Richard E. Grant's travel show. Um, oh. Now, this is called Right Around the World. It's based on travel books. I mean, he looked as excited. You know, they, they, they tried to link it. He was sitting in front of an elaborate sideboard. Mm. They then showed a picture of Richard E. Grant's shed. Now then, Richard, we're going to announce winner of Shed of the Year. And if people think that's a nice dresser behind you, mm. well, really? have a look at his shed. He kindly sent us this picture. This is the Taj. That's Richard, not a shed. That's nicer than my house. (laughs) Did they know he'd got an elaborate shed? Or they said, Richard, we've got to do this shed thing. Have you got a shed? I I couldn't quite work out the production. No, I don't. And they're like, well, could you please fucking build a shed? You've got two hours. (laughs) Yeah. The um, other thing about it is, um, don't show a shed that is so much better than the winners of the shed of the year. Yes, exactly. As a way of getting into the VT about shed of the year. Yeah. As as we leave a millionaire's shed, let's look at your fucking efforts. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, no, don't do that. I mean, he he had this really elaborate sort of Maharaja thing, didn't he? Yeah. like, wow, yeah. there's a lot of money that's been put into that. 1960s sort of um, silk route, you know, a hippie, brilliant yeah. sort of bean bag Full shed. of genetically modified peacock and women, half tit, <laughs> half bird, just like just full of that and champagne coming out of the fucking windows. This is all, come oh, on. And Alex talking to him about the show just going, you talk about people having a jolly. You are on one big jolly, Richard E. Grant. <laughs> they don't. Also, he doesn't talk about anyone having a big jolly. No. I mean, they talk about people having a jolly. You are on one <laughs> big jolly, you are, Richard E. Grant. Honestly, every time we talk to you. He talks about the, the history of literature in the, in, the, in the place he happens to be. Oh, so he's in yeah. Spain and he talks about Lorca. He's in Italy, he talks about something else. He talks about famous travel writers and he sort of goes to the places that they wrote about. That's the entire point of the show. Also, he's teetotal. He's never been on a jolly in his life. Yeah. <laughs> and to pretend that uh, it was to, to reflect the audience, it was a case, well, we know our viewers can't really travel abroad at the moment, so we must, uh, all these beautiful shots of, of Europe where he's been to do this programme, we must say that there are some great authors based here. Richard, Richard, where, um, where in, in, uh, in this country could you, could you go? Many people obviously can't go abroad and won't be going abroad over the summer. But what mm. books inspire some nice locations in the UK then? Mm. Oh. And he goes, well, you know, there are, there are great places. He's not, not specific because he hasn't done yeah, that. There no. are great places all over England uh, and Ireland and, and Wales and Scotland, he said as an afterthought. And then Gethin brought his unique insight by saying, 
well, plenty to definitely explore in the aisles, aren't there? <laughs> oh, I think that the the history of writers in the UK is so astonishing that it's like you could throw a dart in any direction and wherever you landed from Penzance to Inverness, you will find a great novelist has either lived there or is still living there. So I think the UK is the, you know, it would be, you could do 10 series and still not cover everything that there is in England and Ireland and Wales and Scotland. Definitely plenty to explore in these aisles, aren't they? <laughs> plenty to <laughs> definitely to. Gethin in this yes. also referred to the Marvel Universe as Marvel World. Uh, I know you've got lots of other exciting projects on the go at the moment. You've joined the... Marvel World. Uh, is that like Jurassic Park? <laughs> is there a scene with a family in a car and, and, and you know, and the water puddles going, they look behind and it's a giant Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing about this entire thing is the reaction of Richard E. Grant eating what I believe to have been his first pizza. To accounts of mouth-watering local flavours. <laughs> Oh yes, yeah. He goes absolutely mental, doesn't he? It was like it was like this is the greatest thing I've ever eaten, mate. It's a pizza. We've all had pizza. We know. Yeah, but he's good. never had one before, has he? He's always eating swan, and you know, he's probably br- had, he's probably had grilled, grilled ghost. <laughs> he's had bruschetta with tapenade on it, but he's yes, never had yes. the working man's pizza and a live yes. puffling. Oh, his little face. <laughs> Man. He goes mad, didn't it? Well, apparently it's quite a, it's the it's the original source of where the first pizza was made. To put it in, into context, the actual shop he's in. Are you going I only know this because I've actually watched it. You, have you? You go yeah. any, you go anywhere in Italy, the pizza is good. But yeah, watching him just eat a, a pizza and just like like it was the best thing ever. You'd imagine Richard E. Grant's had a pizza before. You'd have imagined yeah. wrong. <laughs> Never had a pizza. Uh, Can we d- give a quick nod, by the way, to the um, the highlights of the Olympics film that they, oh, that they played in? Oh, word, um, that was great. Which they got off the back of Hugh Jackman by, by setting it all to This Is The Greatest Show, mm. of course. Um, uh, and then there was, a, there was another Vox Pop, like the ice cream one. It was almost like, what's your favourite Olympic? To yeah. some people just randomly in the streets. I mean... It, it was basically, do you remember what happened five days ago? Yes. <laughs> yes. Someone swam. Yeah, it was The Greatest Brilliant. Show. Now... Look, I didn't watch the Olympics, right? I'm not interested. But so, they showed okay. a picture, a clip of, of Tom Daly, the diving gay, knitting. So was that a thing? Why was he knitting? Do, do, do we know this? Yeah, he does it as a hobby because it has, can be boring right. sitting he, he actually around. Ha- he actually had to knit his own medals. So <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite a shame. But he was, he's sitting at the Olympics, presumably it was poolside. Knitting. I knew that it was sort of in the news at the time, but I didn't really know why, so I thought I'd ask you because I thought you might know. I like the fact that it must really irk homophobic regimes like the Saudi Arabian government and the Russians to see an openly gay man knitting at the Olympics and there'll be no yeah. way for them to be able to get rid of the feed. There will be, <laughs> there will be some kid in Minsk going, a man who knits... Maybe one day I can grow up to be a man who knits and not simply someone who has to guard this generator. With know? hard work, I will escape this gulag and become gay knitter. It's like, yes, you will. You will. If you try hard enough. Yeah. I thought it was magnificent. I mean, I really, you know, like, like most people, I really like Tom Daly. You know, you see him in interviews. Yeah. He's, again, he's one of those sort of down-to-earth people. You know, you go, yeah, and... and uh, I don't follow the sport, but, you know, of course, hugely ah. pleased for Tom Daly's success. But the fact that he's celebrated with knitting is just brilliant yeah, to me. John, and I didn't yeah. know why, but I'm happy. I mean, it's strong to call it a sport, isn't it? It's falling. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically gravity, isn't it? Yeah. It's gravity. It's, yeah. how, how do you yeah. deal with gravity? 
I mean, the reality yeah. is all of us might be better at this than Tom Daly, but the reality is we're scared to jump off the top thing. If we do scared. jump off, we might actually be very good at it. As a young fella, my lad, I trained as a lifeguard. So actually, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not bad at diving. Are you better than Tom Daly? Um, infinitely. Good. And then I knit a butt plug <laughs> and I sell it on eBay. <laughs> and I'm doing very well out of that. It's kept me, uh, kept me in GNTs during the lockdown. Um, no, I, I would never do what he... I mean, I, can, I could do, like, maybe 10 metres, and that's plenty. That's so scary mm. to do. But you have to do it when you train as left guys because you have to be prepared to jump <laughs> at some point. Jesus. Yeah, well. very scary. I only got to bronze medallion. I never went any further. I didn't do silver or gold. <laughs> and about nine people died. So that's... <laughs> can Tom Daly say that? Yeah, no. Can Tom Daly say that he's killed nine people live at the Olympics and then knitted their coffin? No. <laughs> there was a right at the end when they did. Uh, we've, we've mentioned it before, but when when they said goodbye to Alex for the summer break when she's going off to have a baby, mm. uh, and they showed that film, including Jason Donovan with a poster of Alex on his wall. Um, yeah, he looked like he just, just woken up, didn't he? Yeah, really, he really did. He did. He was like, can you just film this? What is it? Yeah, I'll just say what's on this card. OK, fine. <laughs> Alex Campbell was crying, of course. Uh, and when it came back to him, they were talking about how one show viewers had sent in presents for the baby, right? And she said they've sent so, so many cardigans. The baby's going to be in cardigan heaven. And I was thinking... Tom Daly might have sent all those. <laughs> all of them. Would... And if so, if I might put them on a baby, but I would not, I don't think, with the greatest will in the world, I wouldn't trust woolen garments sent in by one show viewers. No, that, no. That's not... They'd have three arms and would be <laughs> seeped in loneliness. <laughs> they oh. should have asked the viewers to send in context and a point. That's what they should have asked. <laughs> if you've got could you context... Could you knit us some context and a point and send that and, in? And you. there was a bit after all the celebs there where her mum and dad were on there mm. which is a bit oh, really okay uh, uh, and, and clearly then, uh, they're not used to the camera and also clearly you can see just behind them a little sign saying dignitas which i thought was very <laughs> <awkward>. <laughs> They had her husband on as well, and he, you know... I'll put a pizza in the oven, he actually says. No, you don't. See when you go home, there'll be a pizza in the oven. There'll be a pizza Richard E. Grant got very excited. Richard E. Grant will be there before. <laughs> 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 well, it's all cyclical. It all folds in on itself. Yeah, it does. <laughs> like a calzone. Just worth saying, John, the final words that we have after this series as they go on their hi- hiatus is Gethin saying, thanks, Rip Off Britain will be here on Monday. Thank you so much. We will see you very soon. Rip Off Britain will be here on Monday. Have a great break. Have a great summer. Bye. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We will need it. No, don't bother saying it. Don't bother saying it. We will need it. And that seems like the time to, continuing the Taliban theme from earlier, draw a full-face veil over this week's edition of the The One Show Show. At the end, it's customary for podcast people to say things like, please rate and review the show, etc. Although whether that does any good or not, who knows? Does it help propellers up the charts ahead of Shag Married Annoyed or Celebrity A chatting to their mate Celebrity B? No, but at least we're a bit different, aren't we? Not necessarily any good, but certainly different. <laughs> we should tell you that in a couple of weeks, September the 2nd, in fact, we will be back at the London Podcast Festival doing this live on stage. So do a quick search for details and come along. It'll be a mess. London Podcast Festival, September the 2nd. And also you can listen to myself, Mr John Rain and Mr Tom Neenan in our podcast, which is a wheezing groaning sound, the only Doctor Who podcast in existence apart from the other 400. We're on the same day as the The One One Show show and a little bit later at 9.30, so please go to Kingspace and find all your tickets that way. We'll see you after a a drink. I won't talk to you. But while you're remembering to do that, also remember this and remember it well. When you look at the television to look at The One Show, The One Show also looks back into you. Goodbye.
Mr. P here. And the other Mr. P. And we are the hosts of two Mr. P's in a podcast. The educational podcast where you don't actually learn a thing. No, instead we explore the weird, wonderful and downright hilarious things that happen in school from people actually doing the job. We reminisce on our own time at school, funny things we experience each day. And of course, we share your hilarious stories from the chalk face. So if you work in a school or just want a nostalgic trip down memory lane, sit up straight, fingers on lips, and get ready for the lesson. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. 
As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.